Hello and welcome to this special edition Yoga Benito podcast. It's Chairman Joe here and I wanted to give a bit of a caveat to the topics that we're going to cover in this podcast based around the interview that Deli Ali gave last week to Gary Neville on the overlap. It led us to want to perhaps explore further some of the topics uh, and some of us coming from educational backgrounds uh, and community work-based backgrounds. We felt very connected to many of the things that Delhi spoke about. And so we have come together to perhaps just go deeper uh, and talk more um, about the impact of, of certain things and, and certain experiences that, that people can have. And I'm just very aware that perhaps uh, anyone listening to this podcast may find some of the content triggering. Um, if that is the case, uh, we will put in the notes uh, some links to some well-being services that are both online um, and national-based services through the NHS that if you feel that you do need to reach out and connect to, uh, it's really important that you do that. And please feel free if you're uncertain at all and would like any further uh, direction towards any uh, either mental well-being, mental health services, um, feel free to connect to us via our Insta and Twitter handles uh, and we can certainly connect you to to perhaps ones that are within your region. So um, I hope that's okay. Please take time to listen to the pod and we greatly appreciate it. It's something that we felt very um, moved to do. Um, so thanks for being with us and enjoy the podcast. And welcome to uh, this latest episode of Yoga Benito. Um, as I said in the, the preamble, uh, I'm joined by Cadus and Will from Yoga Benito today to to talk about the Deli Ali interview um, that was on uh, the overlap with Gary Neville. Delhi, uh, I think I think it probably impacted us quite a lot, um, guys. We, all, you know, as a as a, a an informer um, listener, we we come from educational backgrounds. Uh, Cadus works as a, a, a targeted youth mentor and and youth worker. Will is now working in uh, higher education. Has previously worked in secondary education, and uh, and I've worked in primary education. Um, and I think we've we've often chatted in the in the group chat, guys, um, about players who have who we feel have been impacted through um, perhaps childhood trauma that has impacted their career pathways at certain times. And and we've never really yeah come together to to talk about it further. And I think when when we had. When we saw when when we saw the the Delhi interview, I think that was maybe the tipping point that that we that maybe gave us the opportunity to kind of bring these threads together. Um, so we, we we're going to just talk through, perhaps share some of our kind of work based experiences of of working with uh, with children, um, explore a little bit of of the the topic of ACEs, um, adult childhood experiences, which are often intrinsically linked to childhood trauma and also kind of trauma that, that gets continued on to adulthood. And, and, uh, and I don't know, and from there, we'll just, we'll just kind of share, um, share our thoughts on it. And, you know, so I'll, I'm, I'm happy to start. And, and as everyone knows, as a Spurs fan, Delhi uh, Ali meant more to me um, than, than any player that in modern day that I've, I've, um, seen at Spurs um, he resonated massively with me I think he's the first um, I actually think one of the things that I, I reflected on it he's the first player uh, he's the first black player that that I felt was Tottenham uh, he just he just embodied Spurs so that that was something you know I've been a Spurs fan since um, since ni- uh, 1990 and other than Ledley King um, I, I don't I don't feel there's there's Although there's a there's a huge kind of diverse following of Spurs, um, it's something that actually looked at this young lad and, and thought, gosh, what look what he represents in himself was was something that that really resonated, um, and that's that's that that time under Pochettino, I always thought it was wonderful how how Poch managed him uh, and allowed him to perhaps explore these these little. Uh, 
uh, no, like minor aggressions that sometimes exhibited on on the pitch and stuff. Um, and it was really heartbreaking for me to see his uh, his his fall. And I've I've shared that massively. Um, and and I think we've said that there's there's perhaps we always felt that there were underlying things. And I know there was there's some background on on what he uh, what he's been through, but but never anything as deep as what he talked about last week. Um, but he is such a special player. Um, I, I hold in deep, deep love, uh, you know, the things that he did, the Champions League semi-final uh, and all the wonderful things. So I, I, I'm so happy that he's been able to to, to explore this. Um, I, I wonder, Cadus, what, you know, what, what was... You, you see in Delhi go from Milton Keynes to, to Spurs to England. Uh, what was your perception of him? What, what's your yeah? What's your take on Ali as as, as his career pathway and as a player? Yeah, it's an interesting question because obviously being a Chelsea fan, you, you don't tend to to pay too much attention to um, any sort of rival. But uh, seeing Delhi and his and his um, I would say his resurgence really because I don't really think that he was really given much of a chance. Obviously, when Pochettino came in, it, it kind of took him to the next level. Um, he definitely had that X factor. That was, you know, whenever he played Chelsea, I always kind of felt that if there was any, if there was anyone else going to do something on the pitch, it was him. Um, you know, so again, just kind of highlighting what you said around the the shock when when he did, you know, decline the way that he did. It almost kind of put me in a position where, you know, you, you look at it from from a black and white point of view, right? And it's that it's that age old question which I ask myself, which is, where does empathy stop? And accountability begin, um, but looking at that situation, I think a lot of us were leaning very heavily on the accountability side of it, um, and I'm quite sure we will explore um, that in more depth as we continue on in this conversation. But you know, just from a human standpoint, you could see that there was a lot of things that he was going through just by the way that he played on the pitch, um, and you know, it's hard to ignore that. Now and especially as he's as he's as he come out and he, he spoke about the stuff that he's been through, it it, it almost kind of shines an, an even brighter light on his character, and, and and what he was like on the pitch and and obviously off of it as well. So, yeah, he, he was he was a very interesting player, a very very interesting player to watch. Someone that I was very, I was I was kind of silently rooting for, because he he, he represented an underdog to me. Um, you know, so yeah, I'm glad that he did come out with that interview because it, it definitely shone a light on on a few of the things that he was going through. But it, again, highlighting an even bigger an even bigger um, problem that we have as society when we look at individuals who most would deem very privileged or successful or have have a lot of money. Um, and yeah, so it, yeah, it would be something that I'd like to really explore as we continue on this conversation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Will, what about your take? Um, yeah, I mean, I remember being sat when he'd just won his second PFA Young Player of the Year. And uh, me and a mate were uh, in the car. I remember, like, clear as day being on Marshmallows Roundabout. And we sort of did the calculations of, like, oh, my God, he can win four or three. Like, he's going to be eligible for this award for however many more years. And just thinking, like, he is one of the best players in the league. He's so much fun. Like, I think... He burst onto everyone's radar with that um, Milton Keynes performance against United, I think, in the um, Carabao or whatever it was then. And then, obviously, all of the like memes of him popping up and doing the wave. And I remember being a teacher at secondary at the time, there were kids that weren't into football that really liked Deli Alley and were doing sort of Deli Alley dances and things like that. And it's kind of easy to forget what a... Um, what an incredible impact he had on society and what a joy he brought to the pitch as well. And I think you've both touched on the fact already that he was one of those players, kind of like a Burkamp or a, um, maybe even like a Zola where anything seemed possible at any time. And there was, yeah, they could sort of, uh, maybe like a Berbatov as well almost, where there was this like, they could be strolling around the pitch and all could seem quiet. And then it could be, and with Delhi. some magic could happen and with Delhi I think what was so exciting about that was there was this fire as well and it could be like a super hard tackle or he could get into a bit of a confrontation with someone which you know part of the the blood and thunder of football I think we all love to see as supporters um but also just the magic that he could do and he was just like someone that encapsulated like everything that was 
really fun and positive about football for, for, for quite a long time. And I think people forget how long he was kind of on top, even though he was so young. Um, he did. He had that like X factor. I think you both spoke about it. That 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 creative spark. Um, so let's let's focus in a little bit on 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 the interview itself. Um, and I want to maybe draw on on our experiences uh, working in education because one of the things that seems to underpin what I think Delhi talked about is that he, you know, I think it's I think it's halfway through where. He essentially gives a snapshot of his of his life from um, what do we say six years old up to sixteen years old, like a 10, 10 year window of um, you know he he shared that he was molested at the age of six, seven he was smoking, then he uh, then he said he went away to Nigeria for for discipline and he came back nine he was dealing drugs. Um, and then he talked about being hung off uh, a, a, a bridge by kind of someone who, who lived in an estate, an adult, and he, one of one of the things that he, I think, you know, he, he highlighted that it's a it's an adult that did that to a child. Um, and by twelve, he had been um, taken in by his adopted family, and then by sixteen, he was playing professional football. And, and and Gary Neville quite right. You said you know you, you essentially had like three and a half, four years of, of stability. And um, I want to maybe just uh, just maybe hone in on um, on on what how how trauma um, is is so prevalent in those early stages, and how um, something that perhaps you guys might be more attuned with working with older age groups, um, but how how it can lay dormant and how it can manifest um because i i feel that in my experience as a so i worked as a, a, a hlta a high level teaching assistant i worked as a one-to-one with sen children um in a in an area of multiple indices of, of deprivation in plymouth um at a wonderful school um and i was supporting um children and that were very clearly exposed to um to aces to adverse childhood experiences prolonged um prolonged uh, exposure to neglect uh, to various forms of abuse and you you can see uh the the manifest of like physical characterizations and behaviors very early in that um and one of the things that i thought i i would see delhi as the player and there's a really good scene actually from uh all or nothing um it's under Mourinho and they're in the they're in the changing room and uh, they probably probably lost or it was a horrible one nil win and and delhi comes in and he kind of explodes and eric's trying to reason eric dyer oh, eric he's not my mate um eric, eric dyer's trying to reason with him and delhi he's he's not able to 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 perhaps have a uh he's not able to he's not able to calm the waters there's like a lot of he's really angry and i i I just think seeing stuff like that i'm like i i can see knowing that delhi even before um the interview had experienced childhood trauma i could see i i see that in the children that that I've worked with both in coaching football and in schools and uh, I was speaking to Jack of the of uh, JB who's who's Jack's been a teacher for many years in schools and I always think a really good indicator of of where children are at is actually observing them in in playtime in uh, in PE in music and and in the dinner hall those are like really good key indicators of and you actually see how they manage these um the, 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 those moving parts of like friendship, turn taking, loss, win, success, uh, and and the children that perhaps don't necessarily have a stable environment or have been exposed to these things that that we can kind of take for granted really struggle with those. Uh, they really struggle with losing in a one v one in PE. They really struggle with uh, with such things as that. Yeah, and I, I bet both of you have been have seen this in um, in education or within mentoring roles, like you guys do. An adult or even a, another um, child 
will say to that person that's displayed that kind of behavior, why are you doing that? And the look on their face when they kind of, they don't know, they don't know why they're doing that. And that, like if you could encapsulate what ACEs is and or what ACEs are and how they can have an effect on someone, I think that always like kind of sums up for me. And you're so right that it can happen in those kind of areas. And I just remember really specifically uh, teaching music and I was not a music teacher, but I got kind of put across um, uh, very much like, ah, Will can do that. He played the bass and lots of things like that when I was at secondary. And um, I was teaching uh, music on a Friday afternoon and there was this young, uh, so year eight, must have been 12, 13, um, boy that had come over from Afghanistan and had experienced like just the most horrendous first eight years of his life um, and was still living a very um, deprived and awful awful home experience in the UK as well and the way he was playing the drums and this was a lesson where everyone was on uh, ukuleles and he was you know really getting something out and he just threw this drumstick at a friend that was like can I have a go and the student said why did you do that and the blank look on his face and just kind of look around the room and searching for his own emotions of, I don't know why I did that, but I did that and I lashed out. And I think in that moment, I wanted to kind of explain to the other student, obviously you can't, but you wanted to explain to the other student, that's nothing to do with you. And you're trying to stop two 13 year olds from fighting and calling each other's mums, whatnot. But at that time, I remember just wanting to you know explain and calm down the situation by just thinking there's so much more at play here and you just think how that can happen to someone in the highest of pressure situations and that Eric Dyer scene it's really interesting that you mentioned that early on because I definitely want to get onto the media and the media's portrayal because the amount of people that have spoken about those two players on the back of that documentary um it, it and I don't know. I think the 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 role that that documentary played in Deli Ali's perception, I think, is a, is a really important one that um, has has added trauma to that person's life as well. Um, sorry, I've kind of gone on like two tangents there. But. No, 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 no. We'll definitely we'll definitely come come into that. Um, Cadis, you, you yeah, you obviously you work in schools as well, but you you also do a tremendous amount of uh, of youth work and community based work through uh, through your programs. What what's yeah? Do do you see that in your in, in your experience? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a very very it's a very very layered um, layered problem. Right, because I, I always use the analogy about the, the, the bull in the china shop, um, you know, and, and the way that trauma can manifest itself if it's not, well, not if it's not dealt with, but if the individual isn't taught um, the skills to, you know, relieve themselves of, of whatever that trauma may be or the effects of that trauma, um, you know. So after seeing that, that interview, it, it kind of brought me to a place where I work with a lot of young boys. I, I, I try to work with girls as well, but for the most part, I work with a lot of young boys um, and you, you see a lot of those similar traits because especially throughout those years where it's very imperative for their growth, if, they, if there's no stability within their lives, then that can manifest itself in different ways. Um, you know, and one of the biggest ways that it's manifested is, is through anger. You know, and we can talk about the other the, the other signs when we, when we look at intimacy, but anger is the biggest way because that is the only way for a lot of boys to, to freely express themselves where they don't feel shamed, um, you know. And when that's not dealt with, unfortunately, even more serious implications of that can, can happen a bit further on down the line. So, yeah, it, it was even triggering for me because it, it, it kind of made me look back on, on my journey through my childhood and, 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 you know, trying to unpack the things that I've had to, to unlearn and to just to almost release myself from throughout the years. Um, and it just kind of goes to show, one, his resilience in terms of actually getting to the highest level in football, because people don't seem to understand, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're somebody, the average Joe, 
it's the average Joe. If you're the average Joe, when you're looking at it from that standpoint, you don't necessarily understand the, the, the amount of sacrifice it takes to even get to that level. Um, and to do that under that amount of pressure, whilst dealing with the things that he was dealing with, it just kind of shows, you know, again, just, just how of an incredible person that he actually is. But at the same time, you then have to realise, well, actually, should we really be looking at the infrastructure as a whole in terms of dealing with young people around this subject? You know, because working in schools, you can see a lot of young, young boys in particular who will react a certain way to something and they are automatically demonised um, because, you know, and there's no fault, I mean, obviously, especially in schools, they, they, it's, it's very hard to manage. But a part of me always thinks, well, actually, sometimes that young, that young person just needs a little bit more of a, of, 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 a, of a wraparound in terms of, you know, rather than actually isolating you, we need to kind of bring you in a bit closer, right? We need to bring, we need to bring you into a situation where actually, no, no, no. First and foremost, there is that, that, that accountability factor of it all. But at the same time, there's also care there. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely brought up a, a, a few feelings that, you know, I haven't really dealt with for a while. But at the same time, you see a lot of those um, similarities, with, especially the young boys that, that, that I've been working with over the past few years. It's interesting you said um, about you almost need to deliver that um, that wraparound kind of you you need to meet it with kind of and I'm just going to use the terms like love and, and and affection and and that's one one of the things that really struck me when I when I first started in in um, in primary education was I'd n- I'd never worked in education before I worked as a as a grassroots coach um, and actually wanted to. To, to work within education to to work with experts really to work with teachers and 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 brilliant you know brilliant teachers to learn how to how to better support children and um and the thing that struck me is when they saw me uh and i'm gonna like the the boys of the school when when they realized that here was a male uh staff member who wanted to engage with them um and and invest time in them and find out about what they did like that you you couldn't believe how um you couldn't believe how special and important it was so that to those lads and 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 actually within a few months what you realize is that a lot of those boys weren't ever being picked up by by their fathers because their fathers weren't often weren't present and they didn't have a, a trusted role model and 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 slowly you you start to realize that the the, the school is their stable and safe space um and and one of the things that i always kept is is kind of the intent to 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 and it's something that delhi spoke about and bless him i think he was very respectful but he spoke about um being genuine and authentic and i think his relationship with pochettino i think i think poch was 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 authentic with him and and delhi believed that poch was invested in him and one of the things that that I, I felt I was aware of with working with in in schools and and with the 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 you know both both groups of children but but boys specifically is that um, I think they recognised that I was authentic with them and I was real and when I was asking them and chatting to them about what they did that the next day I'd remember it and we'd talk further and it 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 wasn't a box ticking exercise. Um, yeah, go on, Cadis. What are you going to say? Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. It just reminded me actually of a uh, of a uh, young person I worked with um, a while back. He's no longer part of the program, but um, you know, when he was referred into me, a, a lot of the things that were said were were very was very brutal things. Apparently, that he was he was involved with. I say allegedly that he was involved with. Um, you know, and the way that he was being built up was that he was a scary individual that you know, quite lawless and. When we sat down, you could you could sense instantly that there was a wall up. But but as we continued to build that rapport, I realized that there was time the times where I genuinely gave him affirmation, his face lit up. Um and I'll always remember a time we were in a youth centre and he was playing with a VR set and um, you know, he he acted like his age. So when I first you I think he was thirteen. 13, 14. And when you first meet him, he's got this uh this this kind of aura about him that he's 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 wiser than he is and he's 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 a lot older. But when in that in that moment he was a child again. 
um, and you realize again the the amount of walls and the amount of protection that you that you almost kind of wrap yourself with if you are in places or situ situations which again is unstable unsafe um so yeah no that just that just kind of triggered that memory for me and i just i just want to obviously agree wholeheartedly with that point yeah you have to like everyone knows from um, relationships that they have uh with any role model whether that be teachers um coaches i don't know parents whatever it could be until there is a meaningful relationship there like nothing meaningful is going to happen and I think that is, you know, I, I invest a lot of time at the beginning of each year and every time I meet a new class of building relationships and getting the young people to build relationships with each other. But you've got to put that time in yourself. Otherwise, how can you expect them to respect you and follow you? And I think, yeah, you, you're totally right, Joe, that Potch was clearly someone that did that with Delhi. And that was really, really lovely to see. But you also, it makes you think about how like cruel football is that... How long do manager tenures last these days? Like they're, they're so short. And you think how someone like Delhi, who could need someone so much at that time and just have them pulled away. And then, you know, everybody who has ever listened to this podcast will know my opinions on Jose Mourinho. But to get Jose Mourinho following that, and Jose, you know, I'm sure has like a lot of Chelsea players in that first reign would have absolutely followed him to the ends of the earth and he clearly built those relationships that didn't happen at Tottenham and you know they talked about that all or nothing scene to go back to that again where he was called lazy by Jose Mourinho and it was the editing and it sounded like you know his relationship wasn't completely bad with Jose but to have this like mentor that was doing so much good in your life pulled away from you it's just like it's just more trauma and I think there's this like it's what really struck me about the whole interview as well is that it's untreated trauma and that's thanks so so grateful now and so thankful now that he is in a place where he is treating his trauma and he's trying to help others to do that and I think we're coming out of a pandemic where so many people need treatment and it's becoming less stigmatized so people are looking to treat their trauma but now we are so underfunded and so overwhelmed that that's not happening and i think that's happening in the schools that's happening in the nhs and like everywhere there's just not enough help that you can give people but i i really do like i just pray really that um every athlete that speaks up you know hopefully all the footballers that are coming out and defending Mendy at the minute can also you know do some good with this and use their profiles to say go and get some help go and you know speak to someone and it doesn't have to be licensed professionals but speak to that person that you may have that will care for you and um it's okay to if if Deli Ali does one thing it is breaking down that wall of uh, it's okay to ask for help and it's it sounds like a cliche but it's so true and it's something that I feel like so strongly about and it's why I'm in education and why I will always be in education in some vein because you just want to help people yeah and and just just to add to that as well I, 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 one of the biggest pieces that I took away from the interview was the the accountability that he took where you know he said he, he didn't want to use this as a he didn't want to blame anyone else um, for the decisions that he made um, as a result of the trauma that he faced. And that's something that I, I try to speak to a lot of the, uh, the the young people that I work with around being completely honest with yourself. Um, and I think that's a piece that's missed because a lot of the times when I, when I look at people um, dealing with, dealing with, well, building unhealthy coping mechanisms, that's the lie. That's, that's, that's a lie for me. And I, I think that the, the freedom comes from accepting exactly what's going on looking at it laying it all out on the table and then realizing well actually I can throw that away well actually wait let me let me take this and oh, can I deal with that and and for me that's 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 the that's a piece and that's one thing that I, I really appreciated when I saw that interview because you know like I said before truth is freedom um you know and once and once the truth is there then you can then you then then you're, you're staring the monster directly in the face you know what you're dealing with and and like you're saying again, about speaking with other people, building a community uh, around you, you know, and even you mentioned about 
the football is defending um, Benjamin Mendy. You know, I always I always try to look at it from an empathetic standpoint where, okay, what, what, and this kind of going off topic a little bit, but what, what kind of motivated you to, to say what you said? Where was the motivation there? Um, what were your experiences that, that made this seem like a very blasé topic to speak about? That was almost, not almost, it was um, ignorant to the, the, the plights of, of everyone who has um, been a recipient of, of sexual abuse. Um, you know, and I always have to try and kind of think to myself, well, where, where's the solution there? And I think, again, the solution is just being honest and truthful about where we are as individuals in order for us to be able to to move forward. So, you know, further credit to, to, to Ali, um, for, to, to Delhi for, for, for speaking his truth, you know, and, and speaking, speaking about it so bravely and, 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 you know, using that platform to, to spread the message around getting help, like genuine help, um, and dealing with things in a, a, a healthy, a healthy matter. So my role now is, as you guys know, I now work kind of on the other end of the spectrum. I work with adults, uh, still kind of working alongside their, the supporting their physical, mental well-being. Um, and it's, it's an eye-opener to me um, how many um, how many people that I, I work with and support um, carry childhood trauma with them. Um, and it led me to, it, it led me to actually kind of read and, and invest time in, in, in the, the, um, the, the kind of the adverse childhood ex- experiences. And I don't know if you guys, but, but essentially there's a, there's a really strong correlation for listeners between um, you can do a test. There's, there's tests online and, and the more yeses that you get for for the aces test um it it's not an indicator of you not being able to uh, achieve things that that's that's i think that's the 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 misconception yeah it's 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 actually that one of the things that can happen is that you that you're more prevalent to perhaps have mental health challenges when you're older and like as I was listening to Ali talking, so the the seven bases are domestic violence. Yeah, talked about that. Parental abandonment. You talked about that. Uh, parent with mental health disorder. I, I believe his mum with alcoholism would have would have um, would have been yeah essentially fulfilled that. A victim of abuse. He talked about that. A victim of neglect. Where he talked about being seven years old and having his own key. Um, and it and it made me think of schools again where. You know, sometimes parents would take their children, collect their children, and like, yeah, gosh, how's he been today? And and they were like, well, how have they been? I'm like, great, it's really good. They've done this. God, they're terrible at home. They're stuff all. I'm like, it's because kids kind of like structure. They, you know, we we I think we appreciate structure. You know, um, and and to hear him say that, and he had this just this wry smile on his face, didn't he? He's just like, you know, most kids are going to bed at seven o'clock being tucked in and, and I had a key and I could come and go whenever I want. Um, people who have experienced prison, he, he didn't specify that, but but I imagine that, that he might have been exposed to that and, and drug and alcohol abuse, which, you know, we haven't even talked about, about how he was kind of medicating with, with the sleeping tablets, but, you know, he ticks all, all of those things. And it, it, the reason I say that, Cadis, is what you said about the thing that really irked me is when post- um that the, the the documentary where as you were saying will you know lazy the media got hold of that they ran with that and we saw a decline in delhi's performance and there was this you know the narrative was and the trope was our oh, delhi you know he's thrown his career away oh, he's lost it da, da. and like even even without knowing anything you know that this lad has been through a lot and he has played for england he has played for England. And one of the things that always sticks about in my head about playing for your national team is actually from Clive Woodward's uh, winning when he was England coach. And and actually, the the I think he stole it from the Kiwis, the New All Blacks. But the idea is like, if, you, if, you're a, if you're a left back, then surely the pinnacle being a left back for England is in England, at the top of that, is playing is being the left back for your country. If you're a centre forward and you're playing in League Two, you're doing a or and or you're playing in the Championship, you're playing the Premier League. The pinnacle of being a centre forward, being in for your being an English centre forward or Spanish is playing centre forward for your country. 
And he achieved that in his position. And he did double figures for 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 Spurs. He won PFA Young Player of the Year. And I'm like, this isn't chance that he did all those things. It is unbelievable that he achieved that. And and perhaps to go back to the aces, I think the the thing that maybe is where these resurface is where they experience conflict. They experience uh, that it's that processing of change. It's that processing of loss. And it's that processing of conflict that perhaps that's where they they can struggle and come unstuck. That that that's a, a big thing for me. Yeah. So no, I, I'm just I'm just reflecting on that actually because um, you know, when we think about the media, we I believe that the media is there to reflect the the worst part of us because that's what sells. Um, you know, so as much as I would like to say that the media are at fault, which they are, right? Because you know you're the ones who are putting out these stories. I think that there's a more important issue to be faced, which is, again, what we mentioned before briefly about the infrastructure, you know? So when we're looking at our own communities, who 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 is actually around us supporting us on a, on a more intrinsic level, but then at the same time, what infrastructures are there um, to support somebody who is in that position, you know? Because when we look at, when we look at how we look at an individual in society, we always either want to put them on a pedestal so high that it's actually humanly impossible for them to keep, or we want to look at it from the standpoint of, well, actually, that person doesn't deserve to be there because it's actually re- reflecting an insecurity or a lack within us, um, and that in itself is a sickness. Uh, is that is that ever-ending cycle um, of 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 hate, as we say, right? So you know, the media will take that and kind of go, well, actually, you know, why do we watch EastEnders? It's one of the most depressing programs, but we we watch it because it's like, oh well, you know, it's you're peeping through the the, the you're, you're peeping through the looking hole that. Well, our life isn't as bad as that, so let's just take entertainment from that. So, you know, the the bigger problem again, like I said, is is the more insidious issue within society, which is well, actually, there's a lot of people dealing with aces. There are a lot of people that are dealing with a lack of. Where do we start? Where where, where do we start to 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 try and cure that? And I'm not here to try and figure think of an answer because we'll be here for the next ten years, but. Um, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on, on on the media situation. Yeah, totally. So I think you know, and I think race like has to play an issue here as well. And you think of uh, um, media theorists like Stuart Hall or um, Alvarado, who uh, essentially says that if you are of an ethnic minority within the media, you will be represented in one of four ways, or maybe a combination of them. So you've got exotic, dangerous, humorous, or pitied, and you think. Like Deli Ali, at any time has definitely been tied into those. When he was at his heights, he was this exotic, you know, wow, what an incredible footballer. Um, then this party boy, this danger um, to to managers, to clubs, and I think quite a lot of people maybe pitied him, but almost in a he became a joke, didn't he? You know, it was this person that was this high, and now he's fallen off, and like ah, I can't even get a game in Turkey. And Cadis, you know, you, you spoke about the uh, empathy earlier. And I think very football very rarely uses that word and uses that approach. And football fans, I think also when they're looking at footballers, I was thinking about this earlier, and he, he talked about his age and just like, you know, the, the age of the abuse that was suffered, but also the heights that he would have hit so early. And, you know, I think he must have been like 22, 23 when he was playing in a World Cup semi-final like that's insane to reach those levels and now he's 27 and I think it must be something to do with the fact that we most people will tend to get into football when they are uh, during childhood and so we look at footballers and we always view them as like I I still view footballers as like ah they they're older than me because they're like role models and I think we always put them on this pedestal where we judge them way more severely and then we rationalize that because the media make it okay for us to do it because talk sport constantly tear people down and uh, you know every other media outlet does it as well and tabloid press etc and then I think we we rationalize it because ah they're on this much money and ah well i would love to be a footballer and so i would i would love to um be scoring goals so that they can take the abuse and they can take all of this and you imagine if you're dealing with everything that he's had to deal with in his life and he he has succeeded to get to that level he has succeeded without so much of the vital support networks that any human being should have um and now 
he's he's seeking this help which shows his maturity again i think that that's just like he's constantly defying the odds and i just think like now the the probably media narrative is going to shift again and it will go back towards this like pity but I really hope that people start to see it as more of an empathetic approach because that's where it needs to come from. And I thought actually um, Gary Neville did a really good job of kind of like, as an interviewer, he didn't challenge the whole media thing. He, he talked about it, but most of the interview kind of asked a quick question and he shut up and he just listened. And I thought that was why that was a really powerful interview. And I thought like full credit to Gary Neville for doing that and not trying to make it like a, I'm going to help Deli Ali. He did do that in an empathetic way. And hopefully more people seeing that kind of approach will, you know, slowly filter into football. I think about um, when he went to Everton uh, and you, you talk about the, those four, um, was it Alv- Alvarado? Did you, is that, that was the gentleman you just spoke about? So he's a, he's a media theorist. Yeah, he yeah. is. So, um Yeah. Okay, um, and 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 Delhi's look when he went to Everton, yeah, and it, you know I can literally think about you know how how he was perceived and how he was represented the day after he arrived, and and I, uh, those things just don't go away, do they? They're they're perpetuating. And you know one of the things that I find so impressive about listening to to Delhi is that he's 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 actually actioned this himself like that that you know when he spoke about when 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 Neville did ask he said you know did did you have um you know did you have your teammates and uh you know who would call you out and and he was like yeah like Harry Eric I think he said Hugo he's like I think he kind of referenced like if I'm not going to listen to my, my my family who are crying and asking me to get help I'm not listening to these guys and Delhi like did that himself, and 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 I and I go back to the that Everton, you know. Often when when there's co- conflict and uncertainty in yourself, you perhaps do, maybe there's things that you're trying to change and you're you're uncertain. It it all I wanted to do when I saw that is is just to be asking that Delhi, are you okay? Like you all right? Because I I think it was all there, and I wonder. That, so this is my question to go back to the education side of it. And and the fact that he only had though that very short window of stability, and he was already he was playing for MK Dons at sixteen, which we lord, don't we? When we first heard about that, we were like, "Oh my god, isn't that amazing?" You know, when he, when he played against United, and he was this young kid. Gosh, he's he's already he's already playing for MK Dons at the age of sixteen. When actually, if you said, "Oh yeah," like five years earlier, he was he, he was essentially like a victim of domestic abuse and. Like the the horror of it, really. Like, and and how much neglect is actually exercised of on behalf of academies and clubs that 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 don't have things in place for this, um, and you know, the indicators are there in primary education from the age of. Uh, I, I worked in year three, four, so I was working with six, seven, eight year olds, um, and and it is it's evident in year one, two, fours, and fives the indicators are there and and in the educational environment definitely in primary you are collectively as a as a as a team as a group of staff you know how to support those children as as you were saying Kader. so uh, you know not to meet fire with fire so one lad if he had something could be said to him on the playground and he would run and he would sit in a corner and nothing you could do to say him would, would get him out of that corner. He would get himself out of that corner and he'd come up to class. And every, you know, it was ensured he was safe. He was, there was always eyes on him, but he would come up and that, that child would come up by themselves. And my question is, and what I wonder is if we're going to, if we're going to recruit young boys into professional adult environments and expose them to the the weight of adult expectation and critique which is often very it's brutal it's abusive is we we need to have these things in place and that it and and perhaps perhaps we could have that that things could have been in place for players similar to Deli Ali 
um, to allow them to still achieve this this greatness. Like we said, we've said that Delhi has still achieved amazing things in spite of all this 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 hardship. And I'm sure there's arguments to be made. Part of the reason that he's made it is because he like that's the the chicken. I, I don't know that, but, but what I'm saying is that maybe there there needs to be a more of an investment within academies and within the 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 professional pathway to be able to and maybe that comes to work in conjunction with schools saying you know we're working with this individual can we can we, you know what do you put in place with them like i wonder how many academies go right there's a kid he's amazing right let's get him in how many how how different would that person's pathway be if they also engaged with the school and said okay are there any flags Okay, in the, in the event of conflict, how are you working with? Because you're the children, you're you're the experts working with children. And he he speaks about rejection in the interview, doesn't he? And you think he Deli Ali speaks about rejection. And imagine the countless academy graduates like they're just you know it's going to just shut off there, isn't it? And off you go. That's it because of injury, because of you know not quite making the grade or whatever. Like that can't be the case. There must be some kind of rationale of care and you know thankfully uh you have to stay in education until you're 18 now well surely there has to be some sort of duty of care there for, from clubs that if you um cut someone at you know 15 well you, you still have to provide services for them until they are so old unless they've gone to another club or something like that like because the there's not the money in society and there's not the money in education but the money is there in football so that's what I, I would propose. Yeah, definitely. I, I would I would say a safety net would be needed for that, right? Because the question the question always kind of comes up. Well, why isn't this already done? This this isn't this isn't groundbreaking. Like we're not talking about something that is revolutionary. It's, it's it, it feels like it's a, a pretty simple solution to a problem that's been ever present within the academies, right? Um, you know, and again. When we look at that, when we have to look at what football actually is and where it, it, it actually is now, it, it, it's a machine that is there to churn out profitable assets, um, you know. And, and unfortunately, when you you see a player from a, from a from the standpoint of of, of, of that, well, that that POV, they are looked at as as assets. But you know, I'm hoping I, I am hoping again optimistically that this conversation, as well as just the enlightenment that we are having as a society, that we can hopefully try to push for a change. You know, I've I've um I've been to a few. I've been lucky enough to been to 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 attend a few um Premier League conferences around retired players who are starting up programs and are actively working alongside teams to provide better services um, for academy prospects as well as um you know players from an ethnic minority background um you know and with women's football as well. And there, there, there does seem to be a, a movement within that, but we've, it's almost that need for that movement to be a little bit more. We need a bit more backing from from other organisations to really try and put this to the forefront. Um, because you know, like we said, yeah, and Joe, you, you mentioned a good point. You know, if 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 Delhi did get the help early, do you think he would be the player that he is now? But I think that's irrelevant because you know, we've seen a lot of people that have been in those positions who have done worse things to deal with to deal with those pressures right um so yeah i, th- I think that the, the the issue is a, is a lot more pressing than than just you know that person has been able to play football for 10 years mm. what happens after that well and and that's the interesting thing cuz delhi also touched on that didn't he? he he alluded to you know he actually was talking about himself post football career and 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 saying that um, yeah, acknowledging that he actually he's doing this for himself on a on a long term basis, not just not just because he wants to get back and sc- and score some goals. Like he he wants he he he, he recognised within himself that I need to do this for my long term betterment and beyond football. This is going to help me as a as a human being as a person. Yeah, yeah, Cadus. Um, I, there was the I I 
there was a guy that there is a guy. His name's Stephen Perry. He's a um, American uh, psychiatrist who did a lot of work on on, on child trauma, and uh, and one of his quotes is just as traumatic, just as a traumatic experience can alter a life in an instant, so too can a therapeutic encounter. Um, and I, and and going well, like when I when I read that, I was like. Those are the powerful roles that you know. I, I, I believe three of us have occupied in in working with, uh, with with children and, and with young adults. And I think, it, it, you know, you you said Cadus earlier. You know, what could be, you know, what would that look like if you were to able to, to be able to better support these individuals? I I think like pastoral mentoring roles existing within. Especially like secondary education, uh, and 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 primary, uh, and and continued and prolonged. And I guess the, I guess that's the difficulty, uh, uh, being being that consistent person in that in that young person's life, um, is 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 really important. And I, I reflect on me leaving uh, my primary school, and it was actually made apparent to me, and it's quite upsetting. Um, that some of the children's behaviours dramatically um, kind of uh, decreased and, and got worse when in in my absence and and it was said that actually of the few times that I've been in I've made a I've, I've made a an intent to go and speak with some of the the children that that have had kind of behavioural problems and and actually I reflect upon that and realise that. That that those children have now realised that that the stable adult in their life that was a positive impact on them is no longer there, and that's that's impacted their their well being, which I don't I don't know what the answer to that is, um, but it's something that's left me like with quite a lot of uh, kind of yeah reflective like food for thought, um, and and I suppose like when we talk about Delhi and and Pochettino, I, th- I think Pochettino was that that therapeutic encounter that. That somehow, I think he both was kind of the father figure that he needed, but gave him enough, but but believed in him, but also perhaps was able to let him know when he'd gone too far. Like all those difficult spheres that you you, you try to kind of juggle in and 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 put together when you're working with with children. Um, yeah, yeah. I I I think that those mentoring roles are probably. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they do exist. I don't know how prevalent they are. Will I don't know if they, you know, I don't know if, what that looks like. They are. They are decreasing. Um, and I think what's really, really worrying for me is that the behaviour, the way behaviour is managed, has become quite, um, quite Dickensian, and I think. Um, you know we spoke earlier about being able to show some love and show some understanding show some empathy and build you know this wrap around and let um <clears throat> help someone to understand their behavior i think it's really really really, really important and help give them the tools to address it and kadis you've spoken loads about that today and uh, you know approaches to that and i think schools really going one of the reasons i um, got out of secondary education was because um it was uh, two strikes and you're out and uh, children were sent to a um, behavior room where they would be for um, they would be out of five lessons in a row and so you have some students that will be in this room where they're forced to work in silence uh, with other naughty in inverted commas children Um, and then they could go back into a lesson um, and be told straight away again no you've done it again B2 behavior point two back you go to this behavior unit and you would have someone who's supposed to work there uh, and sort of monitor them and try and work with them but really because it was such a big problem and I was in a really private school but um, in a transitional period as well to do with how it was managing behavior that person was just there to um, you know police it and make sure that children were being compliant so it, it really um it was really damaging i think and you heard leaders um you know people that are paid the most to make big decisions on how thousands of children's lives will will be shaped saying yeah if we just keep getting them in here we'll eventually be able to get rid of that student 
um, because of their grade profile that was a good thing for the school as well because of Ofsted and the whole system is so so flawed in that way um, so I, you know it's not just football that we need to start looking at people more as, as people but um, yeah I think if, if anything can any time people can speak about it hopefully you know a little bit of change positive change can can come of it yeah it's, it's it is definitely a further reflection on society role and, I, and i can definitely um agree with that statement because working in schools you, you, you see a lot of that happening and I, the question that i ask well actually this is an opportunity that we can actually speak to that young person there's so many times a young person gets sent to the behavioral room but but then when you have a deeper conversation you realize well actually something happened at home and they brought back into school and instead of it being dealt with again from that, that place of empathy is dealt with from a place of management um and we need to manage this and the best way we can manage this we've got this large number of students that we have to you know make sure that they are doing the right thing let's just put them in a in, in, a, in a space where they feel even more isolated um you know and, and, and again yeah that's just a a, a a wider symptom of, of society that you know kind of attributes to a lot of these things i i think the the thing that stuck to me there that, that you spoke about is the, the punitive element that is is absolutely the countermeasure to everything that that we've talked about that could be beneficial which is really really um worrying and and uh you know like you said will the the, the Kenzian approach to it um and and yeah yeah i i i think i think for sure um i i would i i think looking at the way the primary school that i worked in tried to model itself supporting children i think was a really healthy approach to uh to it um and i i, I wonder yeah it, it, whether that was isolated or whether things have changed again um but yeah, yeah, it's fascinating to, to discuss these things. Um, guys, I just want to say thank you uh, for, yeah, for coming together to, to talk about these things. I think it's been um, it's something, like I said, I, I think we've wanted to do. Uh, one of the things I love about our, our JB groups is that we've all got quite a diverse background and, and, and there's a lot of educators here. So often we, we come at uh, these things from a, from a almost like a, a person-centric, sometimes child-centric um point of view and and i think with with delhi's interview that that left us uh, a window to to come together and talk about it um Cadis, big thanks mate um lovely chatting with you as always uh and i love that you've outed yourself as a eastenders fan um oh no that, that was a long no, time no, ago no, 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 that's, you're, not, you're not you're not backing off from that man uh will as always lovely lovely chatting to you um thanks pleasure, to mate. you both as well yeah lovely stuff absolute pleasure thank you um listeners uh there will be as i said at the start there, there will be in the show notes uh any links to um so mental health uh websites and uh, points of contact if you feel uh the need to uh to get in contact you, you know it's really important you reach out to to trusted tr trusted people trusted bodies so thank you very much uh um we're yoga benito and we will speak to you again soon cheers